1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500.
2: Tonight, we're following a number of developing stories, the breaking news out of Newark where two officers were shot and the big political news with Election Day now just one week away. In San Francisco tonight, the man accused of trying to murder Nancy Pelosi's husband faces a judge. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti reports on how soon the family of the speaker could see the body cam footage. America decides. The president on the offense as his party risks losing control of Congress. They're coming
3: after Social Security and Medicare in a big way.
2: Plus our exclusive interview with California Governor Gavin Newsom, his surprising prediction about a red wave.
3: and It goes to my fundamental grievance with my damn party. We're getting crushed on narrative.
2: Vaccine for RSV as the dangerous virus spreads across the nation. CBS's Janet Shamlan has the promising news for parents of young children. The new requirement forcing New York City employers to post salaries for job openings and why it may give future employees leverage in negotiation.
4: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night as we are just one week out from the all-important midterm elections that will determine who holds power here in Washington. We've got the latest on that in just a minute, but first we've learned new details about the break-in at the home of Speaker Nancy Pelosi, where her husband Paul was violently assaulted with a hammer. Members of Pelosi's family are expected to soon hear audio from the 911 call from Paul Pelosi and see body camera footage from that very night. Well, today, the suspect, David Depat made his first court appearance and pleaded not guilty to a litany of charges, including attempted murder, assault with a deadly weapon, and elder abuse. The 42-year-old was allegedly targeting the House speaker and wanted to hold her hostage and break her kneecaps. Also tonight, Capitol Police are warning they need more resources to provide additional layers of security for members of Congress. There's a lot of news to cover, and CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti will start us off tonight from outside Pelosi's San Francisco residence. Good evening, Jonathan.
4: And good evening, Nora. Tonight there is an increased security presence here outside the home as we have watched family gather around inside. Meanwhile, the suspect faced a judge today showing signs of the alleged attack. In a packed San Francisco courtroom, David DePap wearing an orange jumpsuit with a black sling on his right arm was described as emotionless as the judge denied bail. District Attorney Brooke Jenkins.
2: Clearly, we believe he is a severe public safety threat given what took place. He was targeting that home specifically in order to make contact with the speaker.
4: The criminal complaint describes how DePap, who had a history of pushing far-right conspiracies online, told investigators he was going to hold Nancy hostage and had planned to break her kneecaps if she lied to him. As police arrived early Friday morning, DePap swung the hammer toward Paul Pelosi, saying he was taking the punishment instead. The speaker visited her husband this morning, who is said to be recovering well. And tonight, the U.S. Capitol Police chief calling for additional layers of physical security for members of Congress as they continue to monitor thousands of potential threats. Many of those spawned by conspiracy theories and misinformation, including just this morning, former President Trump questioned whether there was even a break in at the Pelosi home.
5: Well, it's uh, weird things going on in that household in the last couple of weeks.
4: Last night, Arizona's Republican gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, made light of the attack.
6: Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in DC, apparently her house doesn't have a lot of protection.
4: To San Francisco's DA, it's no laughing matter.
6: I think it's appalling
2: that anybody would take lightly what happened to to Mr. Pelosi and the fact that he was targeted by virtue of, of his wife's position in this country.
4: And sources tell CBS News the Pelosi family will review 911 calls and video from that night as early as tomorrow. Meanwhile, the suspect could face up to 50 years if found guilty, Nora.
2: That's going to be difficult footage to watch. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Well, we do want to turn now to breaking news from Newark, New Jersey. Two officers were rushed to the hospital after they were shot sniper style from the roof of a building. We get the latest now from CBS's Michael George.
1: Uh, that. that
7: area. Two police officers were ambushed in broad daylight while trying to serve a warrant in Newark, New Jersey today. Stay away from that area, it's an active police-involved incident. The shooter, armed with a rifle, fired on the officers from a nearby rooftop, striking one in the neck and the other in the leg. Both were transported to an area hospital and are expected to survive.
0: It was horrible. I mean, I heard, at first I thought it was firecrackers, but then because it was
2: so many, then I realized what it was.
7: A SWAT team and dozens of officers have now surrounded the suspect and put the area on lockdown. There have been at least 252 officers shot so far this year, 50 of whom were killed. Nearly half of those deaths were in ambush style attacks. And still a very active scene here. You can hear helicopters overhead. And the FBI is also on the scene here assisting Newark police. And law enforcement sources tell CBS they've established communication with the suspect and are trying to end this standoff peacefully. Nora.
2: Michael George with that breaking news. Thank you. Well, tonight, one of the fastest spreading illnesses among children in the United States is not COVID or the flu, but a respiratory virus known as RSV Well, now help could finally be on the way. CBS's Janet Chamlin reports on a new vaccine that could be approved next year.
8: Three-month-old Cooper Wachter is in the intensive care unit of a Minnesota hospital with RSV. We could see it like in his stomach that he was just kind of almost like convulsing when he tried to breathe. Um, And so that's when we knew that it was really bad. A new vaccine announced today could help prevent cases like Cooper's. When given to pregnant women in trials, it was almost 82% effective in preventing severe RSV in newborns to three months old, and almost 70% effective in children through six months of age. At Texas Children's Hospital, doctors are optimistic. What role do you think this vaccine could play in the future?
2: As a pediatrician, we haven't had any treatment for RSV my whole career
6: and way before then. And so we would be hopeful that if there are options for treatment, that's huge for our kids.
8: RSV cases are rising in at least 36 states. Nationwide, more than 70% of pediatric beds are full. Two-and-a-half-year-old James Torres has a breathing tube at Texas Children's Hospital.
7: Senior child intubated is... is is really tough. Okay.
8: Oh. Back in Minnesota, Cooper Walker could be out of the hospital by week's end. His mom, Shannon, says seeing what he's been through, she'd have no hesitancy taking the vaccine had it been available when she was pregnant. Would you have taken it? Now with a nationwide um, thing happening, I would say that I most definitely would have if I could. Hi. I mean, anything, you know, to not let our little boy suffer as much as he has. Here at Texas Children's Hospital, the nation's largest pediatric medical center, they currently have about 50 children with RSV. The CDC says the virus is spread by respiratory droplets and by touching contaminated surfaces. Nora. Tough to see
2: those little babies suffering, Janet Chanley and thank you so much. While well, there was an outpouring of anger today at the sentencing hearing for the man who shot and killed 17 people at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in 2018, survivors of the shooting in Parkland, Florida, and family, family members of the victims directly addressed the gunman for the first time.
1: Parkland murder, I hope the mur- your maker
4: sends you directly to hell to burn for the rest of your eternity.
8: My hope for you is that you die sooner rather than later. I have no forgiveness in my heart for you. You are a monster with no remorse, and every breath you take is a breath wasted.
2: While the gunman will be sentenced Wednesday to life in prison without parole, a jury could not agree on the death sentence. Turning now to the crucial midterm elections, with just one week to go before Election Day, President Biden is on the campaign trail in Florida, making the case for Democrats and against what he calls mega-maga Republicans. We have a team of correspondents covering the key races across the country, and CBS's Nancy Cordes starts us off from the White
6: House as America decides.
3: They're coming after Social Security and Medicare in a big way.
6: President Biden's campaign message in this final week amounts to a warning. What he thinks will happen if his party loses control of Congress.
3: The power we just gave Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices goes away. Gone. $2,000 cap on prescription drugs. Gone.
6: The battle for Senate control has grown so fierce, CBS News considers races in five states to be true toss ups, where the candidates are neck and neck.
9: They're coming after me with everything right now.
6: In Georgia today, former football player Herschel Walker called his critics crazy after a second woman publicly accused the anti-abortion rights Republican of pressuring her to have an abortion. He came
2: to my house and picked me up and drove me to the clinic.
6: CBS's Nicole Killian is covering the Walker campaign in Georgia. Here in Augusta, supporters of Herschel Walker say that they have scandal fatigue, while those who support his opponent, Senator Raphael, Warnock, say enough is enough. But for independents who could be crucial in deciding this race, some are on the fence. You have to, you know, think that there is some truth to it. A lot of people can say you did this and did that, but it doesn't
1: mean it's true.
6: In Arizona today, the Republican Senate candidate Blake Masters got a boost in his bid to unseat Democrat Mark Kelly. A third-party libertarian candidate dropped out and endorsed Masters. IN PENNSYLVANIA TODAY, LIEUTENANT GOVERNOR JOHN FETTERMAN INSISTED HE IS HEALTHY ENOUGH TO SERVE AFTER SUFFERING A STROKE.
10: NO SECRET THAT I WAS GOING TO MISS SOME WORDS, I WAS GOING TO MUSH SOME WORDS TOGETHER. Uh, and, AND AS WE'VE uh, BEEN VERY CLEAR IN THE DEBATE, AND DURING, during THIS this INTERVIEW, I'm, I'VE BEEN USING CAPTIONING.
6: FETTERMAN, A DEMOCRAT, STILL HAS A SLIGHT LEAD OVER REPUBLICAN Mehmet OZ. CBS'S ROBERT COSTA IS IN PENNSYLVANIA.
4: SUBURBAN PHILADELPHIA IS A CRUCIAL BATTLEGROUND. And both campaigns are seeking out women voters. So when you see prices go up, how does that influence your politics? Well, it makes you think about who's going to do the best job. Do you believe abortion rights will galvanize Democrats?
2: I think so, especially women.
6: And when it comes to suburban women, a new Wall Street Journal poll finds a huge 26-point swing in their preferences just in the past few months. Back in August, Nora, they favored Democrats by 11 points. Now they favor Republicans
2: by 15. That's significant. Nancy Cordes, thank you. One of the political heavyweights hitting the campaign trail is California's Democratic governor. Gavin Newsom can pull in the crowds and the donations, leading many to question whether his political ambitions extend beyond the golden state. Newsom talked exclusively with CBS's Major Garrett.
10: California Governor Gavin Newsom's race for reelection is not close, so he's campaigning for embattled Democrats. Does it feel like a red wave? Yeah, of course it does.
3: And, and again, uh, uh, I'm not paid to say that. I'm paid to say, you know, fate and feel. You know, I mean, I get it. Look, I mean, I could be the cheerleader. I'm also a pragmatist. You feel it.
10: Mm-hmm. Newsom, with one of his party's biggest digital and fundraising operations, sounds like a Democrat with bigger ambitions.
3: And it goes to my fundamental grievance with my damn party. We're getting crushed on narrative. We're going to have to do better in terms of getting on the offense and stopping on the damn defense. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight, or join us in California.
10: Newsom recently bought advertising in states like Florida and Texas, further elevating his profile. He's practiced at deflecting the presidency question.
3: No. How can he be so sure? Uh, Because it's not my ambition, it's not the direction that I'm leaning into, Uh, it's not The moment. So one
10: way to answer that question is, I will never run for president of the United States. Can you say that? Yeah, I'm not, I have no interest. Newsom told us he, unlike some ambivalent Democrats, wants President
3: Biden to run again. It's been a masterclass the last two years. Not necessarily in effective communication and generating narrative. But in terms of the substance under the circumstance, with all the headwinds and obfuscation and opposition, I think it's been remarkable.
10: But those circumstances for the president would get tougher if Republicans take the House. Kevin McCarthy, as Speaker of the House, fills you with what?
3: I don't want to say it out loud, but but fear. What he's done to aid and abet this notion, the big lie, how he's aiding and abetting functionally authoritarian leaders across uh, his party, Yeah, it scares the hell out of me.
10: We asked Kevin McCarthy's office for a response to Newsom and did not hear back. Newsom will spend the next week campaigning in California for Democrats in unexpectedly close house races. It's his effort to bail out a party he says Nora is being, quote, destroyed on messaging.
2: What a revealing interview. Major Garrett, thank you. And we will have full coverage of the 2020 midterm elections next Tuesday. That's starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we hope you'll join us here on CBS News. Now, to the economy, a new Labor Department survey showed job openings surged in the month of September to more than 10.7 million. That means there are roughly two job openings for every available worker. And if you're looking for a job in New York City, things just got a bit more transparent. Starting today, most companies are now required to post salary ranges for every available job. CBS's Tanya Rivero reports on why it's a growing trend in tonight's Money Watch.
4: I think it's a great thing.
9: Job seeker Lauren Bagger already finds the newly disclosed salary ranges useful in her search for a management position.
6: Especially in the corporate workplace um, you kind of undervalue yourself sometimes.
9: Sahir Kawaja, who helped draft the legislation says it gives employees more leverage in the negotiating process. For so long and what we've seen is that pay secrecy creates this huge power imbalance between employers and employees. Seven states have similar pay transparency laws. There has been pushback from some businesses. The Partnership for New York City told CBS News the city's new law will make the compensation conversation more difficult to the extent that most job candidates and current employees will believe they should be at the top of the salary range. Companies must list a good faith salary for a new employee or face a hefty fine. But the ranges can vary greatly. One job we found listed the high end salary at almost double the low end. But career coach Cynthia Pong says salary is only one piece of the puzzle.
6: Workplace culture is extremely important to us, sometimes even more important than the salary, at least equally. So. Doing your due diligence to ask around for Bagger.
9: Knowing the numbers helps her map out her career.
6: Being young, I can just plan a little bit further out if I know what the pay of my next steps is going to look like, what the salary is going to look like.
9: Now, many salaries do not state bonuses or other perks that can be negotiated. Pong also reminds job seekers to carefully review the requirements of comparable positions. These can vary significantly, even if the job titles are the same. Nora?
2: Tanya Rivero, thank you. A rapper from the Grammy-nominated group Migos was shot dead in Houston today. Please are on the search for the killer. We'll have more when we return.
6: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are.
2: There's shock and sadness in the music world tonight. A Grammy-nominated member of the rap group Migos was shot and killed today outside a bowling alley in Houston. Police say the rapper Takeoff was there for a private party along with his uncle, who is also in the group. Investigators are asking for the public's health as they search for his killer. Takeoff was the youngest member of the award-winning trio, which had a slew of hits, including the song Versace. He was 28 years old. There's also some breaking news coming in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. A Delta Airlines flight heading from Atlanta to Los Angeles had to make an emergency landing. Look at this. We're told smoke filled the cabin. There are no reports of any injuries. The cause of the problem now under investigation. The world's most powerful rocket blasted off today for the first time in years. And we'll tell you about the secret cargo on board. That's next. It was liftoff today for the world's most powerful rocket. SpaceX's Falcon Heavy blasted off from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida for the first time in three years. It sent two top secret military satellites into space. Two rocket boosters touched down safely on offshore landing pads and can be reused. The third booster sank as planned to the bottom of the ocean. No one hit the Powerball jackpot Monday night, and now the grand prize for the Wednesday night drawing has grown to $1.2 billion. That's the second largest Powerball jackpot ever, and the largest in more than six years. The cash option payout, well, it's more than $596 million, but that is before taxes. Just keeping you updated. We'll be right back with the Broadway honor for the legend of the screen and stage. Finally tonight, actress, singer, and civil rights activist Lena Horne became the first black woman to have a Broadway theater named after her when the Brooks Atkinson Theater was renamed in her honor. The star of film and stage was the first black woman to be nominated for a Tony Award for leading actress in the 1957 musical Jamaica. The Brooklyn-born Horne, who died in 2010 at the age of 92, won a Tony Award and two Grammys during her illustrious career. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's
5: Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Sure. I responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. I felt like I had something to get up for every day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.